Welcome to What's With These Homies Talking About Weezer. I'm your host, Matt Apodaca, and today we're talking Weezer's fifth album, Make Believe. Released May 10th, 2005, 11 years to the day of their first album, the album saw the band's first number one single and Grammy nomination. While it received po- positive critical, oh my gosh, while it received positive critical feedback, the quote-unquote fans seemed to feel differently. <laughs> Why are they quote-unquote fans? Well, because people, we'll get into it. Uh, to discuss the album, I am joined by one of my oldest friends in comedy and life. You know him from, uh, you know him as a writer, a stand-up comedian, from his podcast Nerdificent with Danny Fernandez, and from his improv team White Women. Please welcome Ify Wadiway. Hey, I already feel a way more professional energy coming from you <laughs> than we have on our own podcast. Yeah, so we have a podcast together called Candy Dinner, which I guess I forgot to mention. Yeah, are you not intro. even mentioning it on this separate pod? Uh, no, I talk about it, okay. um, but I didn't mention it that time. Yeah, uh, yeah. This one Matt comes to Matt comes to to work on this one. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with a little bit of uh, homework and stuff. I, I, I mean, I have pages of notes in front of me. Ooh, I'm really excited for them. Uh, you, you're feeling the. I, I, like, I feel that nerdificent energy where there's information to convey and we yes. can't just talk uh, about things. And you know what? Uh, I should point out, some because I sometimes uh, will get fact-checked online with uh, people telling me that something I said was wrong. Really? I'm, I'm getting all this information from uh, from Weezerpedia. <laughs> I mean, that's so the most the, reliable like space on the internet. So if I'm wrong, tell them to check their archives. And here we go with already out the gate with my tangent, but I, it's crazy to live <laughs> in this like state of the internet where th- you can get all the information from a subculture just by typing the title of that subculture PDF. Yes. And there usually is a wiki something, yeah. that has all the information you want and or need. I feel so. I also want to say real quick, um, I feel like I've been coming at uh, the online correctors uh, too hard. <laughs> Uh, and I want you to listen to the show, and I want you to like it, uh, and I want you to like me. So I apologize if I get a couple things wrong. I'm just telling you where I'm getting it. Oh, man. Yeah, this is definitely that nerdificent energy. <laughs> <laughs> because there's that level of like where you want I, – I want you to correct me in the sense that, uh, you know, I want the correct information out of there. But also – chill a little bit yeah like, some of the stuff has been helpful like uh like i mean i don't have ex- uh, specific examples i guess but some of the yeah. stuff i I'll, I'll always share I or retweet uh, a correction or something oh, yeah. because there's there's the level of like a like legitimate correction and then there's the person being a pedant yeah <laughs> absolutely like, all right no pedants allowed you, you know um but iffy thank you for uh joining yeah. me here today we're gonna we're talking make believe uh i asked everybody on the show uh, where they're at with Weezer right now, like uh, I guess in 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 your uh, from being from knowing about them to now, where are you at? Well, you know it's crazy because I always you know whenever I think of Weezer, I think of it as the Matt's band. That's Matt's <laughs> band. We already share band. We share gorillas. You oh know? yes, it goes all the way back to Downey High when Woo! I brought in that Demon Days live disc, and yes. now for some reason Labyrinth is in it. Uh, yeah. So I have Lars's <laughs> copy of Labyrinth, uh, and he has your Demon Days. Yeah, no, I have Demon Days too. So oh. I don't know how I got both, but I'm gonna take it uh, yeah. <laughs> literally. But Lars was our uh, high school teacher. Yeah. But yeah, you were the one person who I knew like loved Weezer because like, you know, we're probably going to get into I, my generation and all my friends who did like Weezer were of that school of thought of like after Pinkerton, you know, yes. it, it, it's not good. And, and this was definitely like in my 
hipster phase because uh-huh. I definitely had a phase where I was a hipster, but everyone hated it because I was like proud of being a hipster. Yeah. <laughs> like, like all hipsters. Yeah, are. Like, yeah. Like I proclaimed that I was a hipster and yeah. everyone hated it, which like totally just feeds back into the fact that of me being a comedian where it's like, <laughs> Oh, you guys hate that I do this thing, then I'm gonna keep doing it because it's funny that you hate it Yeah, because it's, it is funny because it was just in a way kind of taking it back where it's like <laughs> where it's like oh you're mad because you can't make me feel bad about being yeah. into niche things because i'm <laughs> proud of it so so you don't like that i proclaim it yeah but anyway yeah in that deep phase i just constantly i listened to a lot of pinkerton and that's kind of where i was like introduced to Weezer and this was probably like I want to say 2008 2009 okay and I was listening to a lot of Pinkerton I thought Pinkerton was great and I didn't really bother even though you know by then make-believe was out well yeah why bother (laughs) yeah well also like that was also the error of like we didn't have Spotify yet. We didn't have right. like you still getting music you had to kind of commit a little bit. You had to at, at best had to load songs onto an iPod. Yeah. Or uh, my Zune, if you're Or right. our Zune. Yeah, you had a Zune. You yeah. like defiantly had a Zune. Yeah. Oh man, I just love I truly and like tr- like honestly was a bigger fan of the Zune design than sure. like that brown was that brown like earth tones, man. Like, yeah. Because that was the two if you think about it, you had the iPod which was just white and pristine and very like future forward yeah you had the zoom that was earth tone rugged big look like it had been yeah you have like a wooden uh panel on your on your iphone right now oh yeah on your case (laughs) yeah yeah so you know i'm i'm not lying (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm sorry i'm googling if i can purchase a zoom oh my god every time i try and purchase a zoom people are charging way too much oh my god so uh so you sort of were like joined the the chorus of people being into pinkerton only that's too much for a Zune. Yeah, like four hundred dollars. Come on, dude. Sorry, y'all. We're we're, we're this is the homies talking about Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, what I was uh, yeah. so you were sort of Pinkerton only. That's where you sort of stopped. Yeah. Um. Have you ever have you ever seen them live or done a deeper dive past Pinkerton since then? Uh, I haven't seen them live, and I you yeah. know it it's not. I feel like I didn't have a big big enough knowledge of their discography to seek out them maybe in a concert. Yeah. But like if I was at a festival in Europe, I definitely would have checked them out, but they haven't been to any of the uh, festivals I've been in. Uh, They're playing Coachella this, this year. Yo, I was thinking about getting it. Cause I, you know, I just came from Palm Springs for That's my right. brother's uh, yeah. bachelor party. The desert's was, already calling you back, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe, maybe we'll go. I'm, I'm just trying to, cause you know, we're, we're all in this industry yeah. and there's a certain level to where like you meet that person who's in the joint spot between the music and TV industry and they always have free passes to things like that. Yeah. That's what I'm waiting for. I need to know my guy. Yeah. I, 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 so I feel like you're closer to that than I am. I certainly don't know anyone. I'm literally about to text someone. (laughs) Um, so you haven't done uh, a deep dive on this, on their discography. Have you heard this album before in full? Uh, no. Okay. I, but, but it's funny because, you know, just going back to talking about, you know, nothing good after Pinkerton. There were a lot of like, you know, uh, slappers singles that were going around. And yes, this album had two songs. I already heard from it. And it was like the first two. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear which ones are the ones that you are, think are slappers on this one. Yeah. Uh, I, for me with this album, uh, I remember being 
young when it came. I mean, I guess I wasn't that young because 2005, I would have been 15 years old, would have been right yeah. on the cusp of me coming out of middle school in going into high school. I'd have been 14, 15. I would have been 14 at this point, I guess, yeah. in May. But um, so I remember being a teenager and seeing the Beverly Hills video because that was like the uh, MTV or, you know, uh, TRL was still on yeah. at that point. It was on its last legs, I believe. <laughs> but I remember seeing that video a lot on MTV and being like, look, my boys did a video. Yeah. Um, and was trying to figure out how, I mean, well, uh, I, I couldn't not figure out how they were making a specific sound in the Beverly Hills uh, song. Oh, which I, sound? Uh, it's that part. I mean, we'll, we'll hear it on the thing, but it's the part where it goes, wah, 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 because that's not a guitar sound. That's a talk box. Oh. Uh, and I didn't know what a talk box was at, at the ah. time. And now I've seen it happen, and it's weird. Th- it's a weird thing to observe. Nice. Uh, it's literally like a thing that you put like in your mouth. Oh. It's like a weird thing. Yeah. yeah you know you know a band's getting there when they start using weird instruments, like that one like guitar with a flute. <laughs> that you blow into. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's like, all right, calm down. Um, but I remember seeing this, and I remember really liking, um, I, I knew Perfect Situation, and I had heard uh, We Are All On Drugs, but I sort of didn't know the rest of it. Uh, but when I got a little older and started doing a, a deeper dive on them, there are some like songs on this album that I think are like hidden gems that are actually really good, but people... Uh, the thing I said about quote unquote fans, uh, this thing, uh, not to slam everybody, but I, it's something I've said, uh, I've echoed this sentiment uh, a few times on the show at this point. A lot of people, uh, a lot of Weezer fans seem to think, uh, seem to uh, claim that Beverly Hills is like a bad song, that they don't think that Beverly Hills is a good song. But the interesting thing, Iffy, is that I go to these Weezer concerts and I they, they play Beverly Hills quite a bit. It's in their rotation quite a bit because it, it, it was their first number one single. Oh, that was their first number one single. Yeah, wow. here's the, here's something interesting about the the crowd at the at the shows. Everyone's singing along. <laughs> so what's the what's the message? It's a bad song, but I sing all the words to it. I mean, that was one of the songs that I was gonna say is a slapper. I think it slaps too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just has a nice funkiness to it, and that and that song will kind of lead into kind of what my criticisms maybe for the album and just kind of Weezer's body of work in general. Yeah. Uh, I Well, I can't wait to get into it. Um, but before we get into uh, the songs, how about we just uh, do some facts? Here's right. some little facts about, you know, hey, maybe quote-unquote facts, depending yeah, yeah. on who's listening, <laughs> you know? I'm being very antagonistic today. Uh, so they actually started recording this album before they started recording Maladroit, which is their previous the album yeah. prior to this. Um, which is, that's interesting. They held on to it for a little while or something before they, you know, finished it off. But, uh, they seem to do that, uh, at this point because they were working on, I know they were working on the black album right after they did the white album, but they had Pacific Daydream come out before that and this Teal Covers album. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty. So the black album isn't even out. No, black album has come out at this point. Okay. Uh, but they had held on to it and it was, it was very interesting. They seem to be working on a lot of different things, uh, at once. Uh, Rick Rubin uh, was uh, uh, the producer of this album. You know, he he produced, um, I believe, I believe he produced uh, Metallica's Black Album and Jay-Z's Black Album, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, So he's just a Black Album guy. He's, yeah, you go to, well, he, he, uh, this album does have a Black cover, but it's not um, the Black Album. Let's see, Rick Rubin. Discography. Wow, he's done a lot, folks. Uh, 
He's done a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh boy, will I find it? I mean, I think that is right. It's, I have Google in front of me, but I don't want to spend too much time on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, during uh, the development of this album, uh, Rick encouraged Rivers to get into meditation. Uh, and so he he sort of applied that discipline to his songwriting. He was going uh, like very just deep into, it's called, uh, uh, I believe, Vipassana meditation, uh, which is, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what type, what that is. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't do all the, the, the yeah, yeah, information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't do all. Can't do it all. Uh, some fun for but, everyone else. Uh, over the course of a year and a half, uh, they recorded several <laughs> demos, uh, and they recorded, they, it seems like, yeah, they recorded a, like just a ton of songs for this thing and then whittled it down to what the track list is now, which I think is one of their longer albums. They don't usually, yeah. uh, I know Maladroit has 13 songs on it, I believe, and I think this one has it's 12. This one has 12 now, so it's not as long as Maladroit. Um, and uh, the first pressing of uh, of the album had different mixes for the songs, and they went back and like fixed them and then re-released it, um, which is Oh, that's a little interesting. Um, yeah, why do they have different mixes? Uh, it says there was an error on We Are All on Drugs uh, and that they used the wrong bridge. Uh, so, like, they put the wrong bridge in uh, in editing. <sighs> yeah, which, you know, that's pretty crazy. And in Perfect Situation was remixed when it became a single. And This Is Such a Pity uh, was replaced with a second incorrect mix with no drum fill. And there was a drum fill in the one that was on there. Uh, due to all the confusion, it's unclear how many copies of each pressing were made. Wow. Uh, so that's pretty. That's that's nuts. If you ask I know. Me. Yeah, that's probably super rare if you can find one of those. Hey, if you can up. find one of those, see if you can get some money for it. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna want it. Uh, and then, or give it to me. Uh, and yeah, they're uh, so Beverly Hills got them their first Grammy nomination for best rock song. And despite criticisms, Make Believe was quick to go platinum with its lead single, Beverly Hills. Uh, and, and, you know, and this is an odd thing to sort of think about because they were a popular band yeah. and they hadn't had, this is their fifth album. That was their first number one. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, but I mean, I don't know if is it, is it, I'm now I'm thinking about it. Is it that weird? Cause like, I remember I was a big Arctic monkeys fan, uh, like from the jump and they weren't like super popular, but their, uh, their second, uh, most recent album AM was like a number one thing for them. And then everybody knew who they were and they were selling out the forum. And I was like, but they've had like four really solid albums before this. And now everybody's on board. So just, I wonder if that's just, you know, sometimes. Yeah. How does works. that feel for you? Like when you're trying to struggle to get in the forum and you see some, some like someone half your age down in the pit who spent more money than you to get closer. It makes me feel weird, but I also like to have a seat. Yeah. <laughs> I always, I always like we, to have a seat. That's when we went to uh, Life of Pablo. It was oh like, yeah, it was like, oh yeah. No, I'd read like the pit seems fun in theory, but the actual act of like getting your shoes stepped on, someone possibly maybe sp spilling on you. Yeah, not fun. And then at that show in particular, Kanye is on a platform. Yeah, you above can't even you. see him. You can't even. You got to see the guy. You got to get some seats if you want to see this man. Yeah. Um, and at that time, that was uh, something we both wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if he takes these gospel songs on tour, I might show up. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I've seen that he's been doing that. We haven't yeah. talked about that on our show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and that, I guess, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a big success for the guys. Uh, Rivers would write several demos, leave them to the band to work with, and then go back to Harvard. 
um, which is that's pretty crazy. Um, so he's in school right now. At that point, he's in school. Yeah, he because he had started going back to school after the Blue Album during Pinkerton. Uh, and then, but he didn't finish his degree. And at this point he's going back and I think he fin he does graduate, um, with an English degree after this album prior to the red album. Uh, and then I guess it says here, yeah, that hundreds of songs were demoed during this three year period. So this was a lengthy record, like recording period. They really took their time on this thing between, I mean, Maldroit was released in Oh two. And then this came out in Oh five. So they did, they, that's kind of a long time for them. Especially considering now, it seems like they have an album a year out, which yeah. is it's that's wild. Uh, they did it. They recorded a cover of Tony Braxton's "Unbreak My Heart," uh, and it almost made the album, but it did not. And it was later released on "Songs from the Black Hole," which is a compilation album, which we will cover at some point. Uh, so those are my facts for the album. And if any of that was wrong, uh, go ahead and correct me, I guess. Uh, but before we get into the the tracks, the, the starting track, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. <laughs> I, did, I, I, did I shut down? <laughs> no, usually if we, when we do our podcast, oh, there, here we go. There's the, there he goes, talking about his other podcast. Yeah, yeah I just want to make sure we're getting enough candy dinner press um, on the Weezer cast. <laughs> when uh, if he throws to the break, that's that usually what he does on the show. Uh, he like fully shuts down for some reason, and it's very, very funny to me. Um, okay, so I guess before we get started, I don't want your full take on the album, but where were you sort of surprised on what you heard in this album, or were you like, this is kind of what I thought? I was I was surprised at the start of the album, and then as it got towards the middle, uh, that's it became a little. Uh, little of what I expected because the the one thing I like about Weezer is the voice. And it's also the same thing I dislike about it <laughs> because, you know, River's voice is so like, I guess I'll say iconic. Yeah. That it's very hey, easy you. to make all of the songs kind of sound the same mm -hmm. because he's just singing in a, in such a, I don't know, recognizable way. Yeah. And there was like, two songs that kind of like sounded the same to me, you know? Uh -huh. And, uh, but, but like, you know, you start off with Beverly Hills, which like, you know, I think everyone can agree, love it or hate it. It sounds different than a lot of their songs. Yeah. And so and speaking of Beverly Hills, why don't we get right into it? This one, yeah. Uh, oh, we're, we're about to jam it. We're Let's about to go. jam it. So we're about to play uh track one off of make believe it's Beverly Hills. Oh, I missed it. I tried to do the, I tried to hit the symbol. Yeah. But nobody would have known if I didn't say anything. Yeah. But now everyone knows you failed. Yeah. So we got that nice little, uh, that little chug in the beginning. I'm trying to listen for that voice thing that you're. Oh, it's like towards the end. I can get to it. Um, we can, we can listen for a bit. What, what, uh, do you know the shows this song has been featured in? I feel like this. They, so something that I have right here actually is that Brian, I guess at the time there was like a haircut show that like haircut reality show yes. that was being shopped around and they were trying, Brian was like, we should make this the theme song because this is like, 
song. This is a huge song. Like he, yeah. the, he did say, as soon as he heard the demo of it, he said to Rivers, "Congrats, you just wrote a hit song." It's crazy because you know, you know, so many people in the music in- industry say that, and it doesn't turn out yeah. to be a hit. Yeah, and this is but true. This one, it was true because not only was it a hit, it was their first number one. Yeah, so like they. I just hit he just hit some gold with this I mean look it's a pop song like yeah. it's not a it's not a rock song or anything but this is a this is a good pop song yeah. and I think maybe that's the thing that like Weezer fans don't like about it is that it's too poppy or something you mean the but, guys who claim that after a certain album they're never good again or seem to be very mad that something's mainstream yes yeah. I don't believe it. I mean, yeah, my exposure to it, I said, was MTV, and that's about as mainstream as you can get. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can get more mainstream, though, than Windows 95, yeah. like, with their first music video. I can't diss too hard, because I feel like after Demon Days, Gorillaz really is... Uh, so that's like a that's a talk box, and it's a little thing that he puts in his mouth. Like, uh, wow, wow. So he's literally I, making those noises yeah. with his mouth. It kind of sounds like a guitar, though. Yeah. I, I always assumed it was a guitar. What, what, what about it were you like, that's not a guitar? I just knew something about it. I had never heard anything like that before. And I was like, I know what guitars sound like. The truth is, I know what guitars sound like. There's something that you hold on to. <laughs> not something you put that, And that didn't say it sounds something right. Yeah. Um, but wow, we're letting this thing go. I'm going to pause it right here. Um, and But I like that song. And I yeah. like the sort of, uh, I mean... The I don't know if the lyrics are great, but it's like a pop song, so it doesn't have to be that. Fun. It's just catchy. It's very catchy to sing along to. Uh, it, everybody gets very involved at the at the at the concerts. Oh yeah. Um, River says uh, I was opening. Uh, I was at the opening of the new Hollywood Bowl, and I flipped through the program, and I saw a picture of Wilson Phillips. And for some reason, I just thought, how nice would it be to marry like an established celebrity and live in Beverly Hills and be part of that world. Uh, and it was totally sincere. It was a totally sincere desire. And then I wrote that song, Beverly Hills. For some reason, by the time it came out and the video came out, it got twisted around into something that seemed sarcastic. But originally, it was it was not meant to be sarcastic at all. Oh wow! So he this was a sincere. So people, I think maybe that's also another thing people like when Rivers is more sincere. Yeah. And maybe they read this as sarcastic or yeah. something, and they're like, "Well, that's not. This isn't you." But he said it. That's he said it himself that that was a sincere desire. Uh, and then Pat, the drummer, says, I-, I think that's what happens with a lot of Weezer songs. People think uh, we're being funny, but somehow it changes into something else. And I'd also like to say that uh, Rick Rubin, why don't you have a Boom Boom Chop song? And that was how it turned out. So that was a Rick suggestion. Yeah, that's boom, boom, maybe chop. that's why I like it, because it definitely has like in that, that kind of like slapperness to it. Yes. And, you know, like hearing, reading that just now makes a lot of sense just because the thing about this album that I think we have to consider when talking about it is that this is Rick Rubin. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, he's done the beastie boys. Like he was their original like DJ. Yeah. So he's about beats and he's about, um, he's a different type of production that they've ever worked with before. So that's why a lot of this is going to sound, I think the way that it does. Why didn't you say anything to him when you saw him? IRL. When I saw, okay, so I did see him at a Beastie Boys event, and I was just like, "What are you gonna? What am I? What could I possibly say to him uh, that is gonna be um, uh, as like 
meaningful than anything he's ever heard before. So I just left him alone. I left him alone. I left Spike Jones alone. Uh, Kathleen Hanna left her alone. The only person I did want to talk to was Roy Choi uh, from Chago uh, and uh, still could not work it up because I think his restaurant is too good. It's so funny because everyone in white women always look at me as that guy who will just go up and talk to people. Yeah. And with me, it's like, I feel like no one's ever going to be mad that you have good stuff to say about him. Like, I can see That's being afraid true. if you were like, yo, I want to catch Rick Rubin's fade. Like, yeah, you're not going to want to run. Or, yo, I think he stinks. I need to tell him to his face. But if you're like, I, I find it hard to believe you you can be like, man, hey, I love everything you did with the BC Boys and you really blew me away with Weezer. And Rick Rubin's like, all right, dude, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, that would be impossible. Like, even, I don't know, I was with somebody today that I know that works on something crazy that i really like and i didn't even say oh i just watched it and i really liked it. yeah uh but hey that's just like it's just it's a so, weird thing yeah but it's i don't even think i don't know what it comes from but it i it, i think it definitely is a thing in our industry yes because i always feel bad when i don't mention it where i'm like oh shoot i should because when it happens to me i love it i love it more than anything when someone's like hey like even today yeah. on stream somebody was like which which like if it, it's one of those things where there are certain things that people within our in industry if they were to say it would be weird but someone outside of it isn't. yeah because like this this uh guy zero he's another streamer but like um you know we've never actually met we've only played games together and he was like yeah i was going through your imdb and i didn't know you were on workaholics and then i went and watched it and it was great <laughs> oh man and then, and then i was like oh that's very sweet that's nice uh but also it would be weird if like someone you knew was like i went through your imdb and you're like why yeah yeah uh <laughs> i mean we all do it but if anyone would like to say anything nice about anything I've ever done, please do so. Uh, can't wait for that to happen to me. Um, actually, if that ever happened to me, you know what I think it would be, Ify? I think it might be a perfect situation, <laughs> which is the next song. Nice segue. Thanks. Okay, so this song. So this song, I this was a song that I knew yes. that I did, once again also didn't know of the, was this of the same era. Yeah, you just were assumed that this this is a Weezer song, yeah. uh, misplaced in any it could be in any yeah. sort of uh, time period. I think this song fucking rules. Oh yeah, this uh, is the second song. Like I said, the two songs that yeah. slapped in a row. This is a go-to karaoke track for me. I really love it. Um, this was their third single off of this album. Uh, and according to an interview that Rivers did uh, in 2005, uh, that the first time he heard this song played back, he cried. I think that's interesting. Uh, um, his own song made him teared up. Uh, Pat says, uh, Pat the drummer said about this song uh, that he thinks it could have been on the Green Album. Like, it's just like a classic Weezer song. Uh, and Rivers says that uh, he hopes it's the last song he writes about uh, being frustrated and angry at himself for being shy. We were just talking about being shy. Yeah. Not well, saying that, things. See, now I hit it off with a perfect segment. Yeah, you really did. You, you planted the seed. Yeah. You incepted me. Yeah. Uh, but, because he, he, and he's like, I've written too many songs uh, that are sort of in that vein. And I think, I mean, not but I think it's I think it's so relatable. Like, yes. You know, even though he may not be as shy. Yeah, this this is such a good. Woo. Yeah, this 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 slaps hard. Um, this, I mean, uh, there's a nice little keyboard in here as well. Oh no, that's a different. Whoops, I was looking at the note ahead. There's a keyboard coming up, folks. Um, yeah, I think this is a, just a really classic good Weezer song. Um, Brian says that he loves the lyric. Here's the pitch, slow and straight. 
that uh, everyone is like sort of in agreement that this could have been on the Green album, and it, nobody would say anything yeah. about it. It's yeah. a, it's a really really good song. Uh, I love the end of it a little bit, so I'm gonna skip ahead. Ooh. I just love that. It's like such a good. Like everyone's doing their goddamn best out here on this track. They're just really going for it. Oh yeah. And Rivers just at this point right here, he, just, he sounds like the Rivers everybody likes, uh, which is like raw, emotional, uh, sincere. I think this is a great, great song. Uh, the video for this song is also really good. Um, and it's like an alternate world where uh, Rivers is not uh, the lead singer of, we uh, of Weezer, but in fact, uh, it is uh, Aisha Cuthbert. Um, yeah, I don't have more to say about that song other than it slaps. Yeah. Young slap slapper. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I that's so I was real hyped on that one. I was I was listening to this as I was like going to, to my local taqueria to get a, a a whole chicken. Oh my god. Uh yeah, I ate I only ate half of it. I was trying to save the rest for my wife and daughter and they didn't come home today. So I was like, damn, I should have ate that old chicken. Oh no. <laughs> You're damn, I should have eaten it. Um I mean, not to keep mentioning how many times I've seen them live, but when they do this song live, it's such like a crowd pleasing like epic moment. I think they've ended a lot of sets oh, with this song show and ending. then but then into the encore. Ooh. Uh which is fun. Um yeah, that's all encore the, the the encore effect of shows is so interesting because you never know who's actually gonna do an encore and who's not. Yes. And then sometimes you could when like the crowd really isn't begging for it and they give us one, they're like, Oh, you were planning for that encore. Uh I remember the only time I've ever seen this happen was when I saw uh Pup and they were they played a small club here in LA and before they got to their the end of their set, they were like, guys, uh, we think encores are so stupid and we're not going to do that because uh, it's just fake. There's like a curtain right here. There's nowhere for us to go. So we're not going to do that. But uh, so these next two songs are our last songs, but we're just going to do them really good. And then you can drink with us. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone was like, cool. <laughs> and I think I think more people should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so track number three on, on Make Believe, let's get right into it, it's called This Is Such a Pity. What are we thinking about how this starts? This is their fourth single off of this album. Uh, sort of a different sound, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, that, that Casio keyboard. So, uh, this was another one I liked. Nice you like this one? Yeah. The, and, and just for clarification, before we go, there wasn't any that I disliked. Yes. But it just you like some to, more than others. Yeah, but it just bled together. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll get to that. I like his voice on this song quite a bit. I like his voice. Like I forget how much I like Rivers' voice. Yes. Like, well, he didn't always used to be like he's always I was he's always had a voice that I liked, but he has sort of done the work to become a better singer over the years. Yeah. And I think at this point, I think he's really doing it. There's like obviously an effect on his voice yeah. here, but. He's trying new things, and I think that's cool. Uh, he says about this song uh, that uh, Pity, this song is his favorite song on the record. Really? Yeah. I do sort of like the 80s sort of sound it has. Yeah, yeah. 
But I, I, this is this can be one that if I'm listening to this album on purpose as a whole, I might I might skip. Or if it comes on a shuffle or something, I might skip it. Interesting. I'm a fascist pig, but I like the I like but I like what he does there. I like his I like his voice. Oh yeah, such a good such a good like melody. Yeah, yeah, it's this is a pleasant melody. I don't, I don't hate this song. There's just a few on here that I would skip because, yeah. like, I mean, I don't want to get ahead, but like the next song I think is great. Um, I think there's a fun part coming up right here. Oh yeah, yeah. I always love a good jam sesh. Hell yeah, and jamming and jamming. We're jamming now, now. <laughs> Take you all the way to Mr. Jam Town. Oh boy. You thought it was over, but it's still yeah, yeah, going. We're yeah, still yeah. jamming. Oh, yeah. We're still jamming over here. Yeah, that rules. Uh, you know what? This is a good song. I don't know if I would actually skip it. Mm. Uh, I cha- maybe I changed my you mind. You changed I for- your mind? I forgot about that. Breaking news. I forgot about that 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 little slapper part right there, that, that oh, yeah. sweet, sweet guitar. Um, I love a good slap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that song is, uh, I think it's very early 2000s, though. You know what I mean? It's very early 2000s in that it's like, um, I feel like there were a lot of sort of like indie, uh, like dance pop bands, yeah. you know? And I think that sort of fits in that category a little bit. Like you would hear that on a same mix with like block party or like, um, um, uh, I guess that's the only example that I have. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, iffy, this next song I think is one of my favorite, uh, well, is it one of my favorite Weezer songs? I think it's really good. <laughs> and it's called Hold Me. Rivers wrote this song after a period of fasting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he he says that he doesn't recommend doing this, uh, but doing what he was doing like, and... Um, uh, the meditation he was doing sort of got him to the place to write this song. Uh, and then another thing he did about this song, he used to share demos with fans online, and this is one of the last ones that he did that with. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't... I don't think he's done it again after this. But the the build to this right here is so good to me. Cause you're like, this is not, this is a kind of slower song. Yeah. Yeah, baby. So yeah, this, this song is good, but this is, this is one of the first symptoms where I was like, oh yeah, this sounds like the Weezer I know. Yes. Like, and I don't mean it in a good way. <laughs> like, I mean like, oh, it sounds the same. So you're sort of more of an advocate uh, of them mixing it up and doing something different. Yeah, I mean, look, Kanye West is one of my favorite artists. I like someone who's yes. going to come and make everyone mad by coming <laughs> with a completely new sound that no one was expecting because they liked the last album. Yes. Uh, yeah, Kanye does definitely do that. And this, these guys, I don't know if it's as calculated as that. Yeah. Um, but they, they, I mean, particularly more recently, have been... You are. I mean, it's, it's a good, so good. song. Yeah. Once again, that's why I wanted to preface it because I know some Weezer fans like this. Buster is like, yeah. look, I like it, but there's something about being like, I, you've done this, Cuomo. <laughs> I liked it. 
Uh, I can go back and listen to when you've done it. Let's, yeah, I'm let's saying like more, more boom, chicka pop, pap. More recently, they've done more um, experimentation with uh, their sound and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think this song, I think this song is just good. It's and it's not very long. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's just a little over four minutes, so maybe that's long to some people for a Weezer song. I mean, recently, yeah. I mean, every mumble rap song is like a minute 30 to two <laughs> minutes. I get so mad. I love this. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good move right there. It's just a nice, it's just good. And I think there's a fun uh, guitar solo coming up or something. They don't want to hear me singing. I just really like this song. This is a song that I could, um, if I was sad or something, put on and then just really feel it. Yeah, I have a prediction of what about one of the songs, and I'll, I'm excited to see what you say. Hell yeah, this guitar solo fucking yeah. rules. Everything about this straight rules. <laughs> well, we found another slapper, folks. I don't want to cut off the guitar solo. I am talking over it, I guess, but I don't want to stop it mid-solo because it's rude. Um, Yeah, I really, really like that song. That song, yeah, I was saying that, like, if I wanted to really feel something and really, like, get myself into a a spot, I would put that song on. Uh, I think it's a great, great song. And a great, like, Weezer, I wouldn't call it a ballad necessarily, but maybe I would. It's a nice, um, I think it's a sweet song. There's a lot of little sweet songs on this one. Um, This next song is very sweet as well, and it's called peace so this I, this one might be one of my favorite from the album. i love this song iffy what about it really works for you uh, all of it <laughs> uh so this song was written at a time oh this is uh, a quote from rivers this song was written at a time of no peace with me oh boy uh when i was at the end of my rope i felt like i had life had no meaning anymore I was going out every night and trying to have fun, but it wasn't giving me any real satisfaction. Uh, I just started thinking, I gotta find a way to bring uh, meaning back into my life and recover my sensitivity and creativity, and I need to find some peace. Mm. So that's just a little behind uh, behind the music there. I uh, this is sort of uh, I, I think a nice midway point between uh, like the classic Weezer sound that we know and like and them changing it up a little bit because there is a sort of like crunch to the guitar like in the in the chorus but then there's another guitar effect there that's happening too is that's not the typical song that we hear i like this lyric this is fun i think it has uh some fun lyrics uh but for it being a sadder uh, concept like yeah. uh, Weezer is good at that I think of taking sort of like darker or like sadder uh, lyrics and then sort of putting a sort of lighter um, like music tone to them yeah. that's their See, whole this, thing this is, yeah this is this really gets me with the guitar and the melody that's 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 my type of music yeah. right there this... that's that stuff I do like <laughs> There's something of just like long drawn out sing alongable yes. like tunes and melodies that I could just see myself. This is at the point where like the shrooms hit me at the Weezer show. <laughs> my hands are up, my eyes are closed, and I'm vibing. 
I mean, also, we're just, we, we didn't even point it out. This guitar solo is also really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, can you imagine being on shrooms at a Weezer show? Do you think anyone's doing that? Uh, at a Weezer know. show? No, you got a lot of Weezer heads. Hey, Weezer heads, you, you shrooming it up at the shows? I see. I feel like I've seen like a, a shit post on the Weezer shit post Facebook group uh, about doing shrooms and listening to Weezer. Uh, I might have seen that today. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the spot for it. Yeah, speaking of uh, hashtag content. Okay, you got some content? Yeah, 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 here's a fun idea for any of the creative Weez heads listening right now. Find one of the videos, uh, any Weezer video. It doesn't even have to be my episode, but do like those pop-up music videos and totally like transcribe the shit Matt said, oh. <laughs> including all the um and uhs. Oh my God. Don't point that out to them. They haven't said anything about it yet. Oh man. <laughs> I say, uh, I'd make vocal pauses. <laughs> now I'm hyper aware. Oh, great. Uh, uh, you know, what's you'll cr- stop. You know, it's crazy. Effie, we were talking about people doing drugs at a Weezer concert. <laughs> Here comes another one of those sub segues. Uh, and what, <laughs> Uh, and you know, and it, it would be a strange place to do that, I think, but maybe Weezer doesn't think so. Maybe Weezer, um, is maybe okay with that. Let's figure that out together with, when we hear, we are all on drugs. I like the start of this song. It's the second single from the album. So the 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 lyrics to this song, Iffy, I don't know if they're they're great. I mean, for a song like this, I don't think they have to be. No, it's a very sing-songy, uh, very sort of like simple lyrics. You know, it's like a classic sort of rhyme structure. You're rhyming one thing with the other thing. This would be a good song to be shrooming because. You think so? Yeah, because that's that's the moment where you and your shroomed out friends look at each other like, we're on drugs. Oh my god, I do like the the chorus. The chorus sounds cool, um, but and here's a little something about the song. Uh, Rivers says, "Don't take it literally. I'm singing more about the fact how we're all addicted to stimulating ourselves and overstimulating ourselves with music or whatever is in our lives. It's not necessarily about drugs. It can be though." Yeah. So, you know, uh, today's world, it might be, what are we overstimulating ourselves with? Caffeine, Twitter, uh, pornography. Um, Oh, here's a funny, fun fact. Um, A censored version of the the track titled We Are All In Love was released with the re-recorded vocals replacing each on drugs with in love. Uh, And Pat Wilson, the drummer, came up with the censored title and originally wanted to uh, call it We Are All on Hugs. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, I think that's kind of funny. Like, uh, you know how, like, uh, movies uh, will do, like, the the edited version and it's just so wild? Like, the, the Big Lebowski one is, uh, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps instead of what the, instead of what the actual line in the movie is. Yeah. Uh, I don't love this song. <laughs> But here comes a guitar solo, and I gotta point it out. This is what my boys do. That what I love. When they start ripping on that guitar, I'm all, I'm very into it. Yeah. 
They're good at it. What can I say? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's one of my favorite songs on the album. It might be of the ones on here. Might be my... Uh, ugh, is That's tough. Is it my least favorite of the album? Hmm. That's a negative way to think about it. It's my... Uh, hmm. How would I phrase that positively? Not least favorite, but most unfavorite <laughs> i don't know if that works yeah um but yeah i think it's a i mean it's fine it's just not one that i love it's not really in the rotation uh for me it's not in their rotation uh on a live scale you just don't hear it i wonder what it would sound like live actually what on drugs yeah what uh, what that or what the how they play it live you know? I know that seems like it would be a fun live song because that like doom, 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 yeah. doom, doom, that's kind of fun I just don't, I don't love the lyrics. I think the lyrics are just a little, uh, I don't know anything about writing songs. I'll say that. So I'm not one to criticize, but I think it's got weak lyrics. No. Uh, but it was the second, it was the second single off the album. So they sort of, they did, they did, they believed in this song. <laughs> uh, hey, Iffy. I'm, a, I'm feeling a little, uh, here we go. Feeling a little sore in the old, uh, in the old ticker. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to... What you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to check the damage <laughs> in my heart. The next song is called The Damage in Your Heart. A lot of the songs are starting with, like, a, a build. They're yeah. not coming in with vocals right away. Oh, yeah. I typically like that. Yeah, give me a little foreplay. <laughs> yeah, take me to dinner before he starts yeah, singing to me. Yeah, exactly. I think these lyrics are fine. So this is the part of the album where you got all the harsh lyric takes. I guess so. Uh, according to Brian Bell... The Damage in Your Heart was actually a song that me, Scott, and Pat kind of fought for or wanted from Rivers. Uh, but when he went back uh, to school, we kind of finished the album and had our 12 songs. And that, for some reason, we thought we should look at it again. Uh, but for some reason, the three of them were drawn to it. They, were, they had recorded the album and then forgot about this one. That's pretty interesting. That's how much music they're recording, that they're just forgetting songs. Yeah, well, there's one song of theirs that's not on this album or another... Uh, it was released on the Pinkerton Deluxe. Uh, it's called Tragic Girl, and they, they the Pinkerton Deluxe was released in like oh, like oh nine or something, maybe twenty ten with Hurley. Yeah. Uh, or no, with um, uh, uh, Death to False Metal, uh, and it had a song on there that they had lost from then. <laughs> so they hadn't heard even heard this song since they had recorded yeah. it. And they found it. They're like, oh, let's slap that on. And it's, I think, one of my favorite Weezer songs. It's oh, really wow. good. This song, I think it's close. Like, I think it's, I think it's pretty good. This is like a, like what you would sort of hear. This kind of could go on. I, if this was on the Green Album, I think it would fit in. So I mean, you I'm already know it. what I'm about to say. About What's that? It sounds too it's, similar. It sounds too similar. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think that's probably why it fits. I think it can kind of fit in on a, a an existing Weezer album. <laughs> I like his voice on it, though. 
he has a good voice. I've said that many times. I mean, look, I, I'll say it, I'll say it as many times as I, I can. Uh, oh, interesting. How come? So on Spotify, I'm looking. The album did come out in 2005. That's true, according to everywhere. But at the bottom of the thing, maybe this is the re-release or something. It says 2007 Geffen Records. Hmm. hmm. Geffen took that. Geffen took it. Uh, that's weird. Uh, but if Geffen tried to do something like that to me, if he, you know what I might say? Oh, no. <laughs> what might you say, man? Pardon me. So here's a, a song I immediately had a beef with, because some of you listeners might not know I'm a Bushead, and uh, you know a far superior pardon me was released by the Incubus crew. Oh uh, yeah. boy, uh, you call yourselves Busheads? Busheads. Pardon me before I burn into the flame. It is very funny to me that Incubus is legitimately one of your favorite bands. I've seen them live. <laughs> They're uh, the first concert I went to. Really? Yeah, Crow Left of the Murder Tour. I saw them with the uh, with uh, Deftones a few years ago, uh, and they were sort of cold headlining and switching each night. Yeah. And uh, I went with my mom, and we were very excited to see Deftones. They performed before Incubus, and then when Incubus started, we decided that it was time to leave because more like Stinkubus. Oh, well, uh, you must have been smoking crack or something. Oh, my God. Sucks they started that. with a lot of their sort of more, like, they started with more of their, like, slower songs at the beginning uh, of the set see that's you you just got a bad set because the yeah. my first concert which you know set a high bar they started with megalomaniac which yeah. was like my favorite song at the time and if you heard megalomaniac it's so it just has so much energy so to start the show like that you're like yeah yeah that would be nuts yeah. i would lose my mind if they oh my god that's like if weezer started with like if weezer started with Oh my God! What would be the right yeah, answer yeah, for this? Yeah. If Weezer opened with like not even a single from Pinkerton, but like an album track from Pinkerton, yeah. like if they opened with, um, if they started a show with, I mean, if they started a show with Get You or something, yeah. that'd be so crazy. People would be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, just so much energy. You're like, "Let's go!" Yeah, um, man. Hey Weezer, if you're listening, you want to make some people shit their pants or something. Start with a start with an album track. I know, like, what would you, I'd I'd love to, like, what is your perfect set list for your favorite band? Like, what would you think the perfect Weezer set list? Well, I think I might have seen it, um, and it's not. It wasn't the night where they did Pinkerton in full. That was a great show. Um, I saw them at the El Rey a few years ago. Have I? I don't know if I've unpacked this story on the show. I think I've certainly told it to you. It was a very strange night. Um, it was a Weezer show that then turned out to be like a benefit concert for a, um, a cancer ch uh, charity, which was, uh, amazing. You know, my, my, my ticket money went to yeah, that's that charity. Always dope to hear. Oh, uh, and let me, then you went with Jesse or something. Is that why it was a weird night? With who? With, uh, Jesse? No. Okay. Who's that? Your oh, ex. a long time. That was many, many. Your, that was your, high school. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, it wasn't. This, this, so this was after. This high is school. after high school. This was uh within, within the last couple of years. Okay. Um, and it was it was weird because I got there and I was with uh my friend uh, Kate Rodman. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we went together to this thing and we were sort of like not knowing what was going on because there was like a host and the host was Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. Uh, we just truly had no idea and. Then there was like a celebrity band and it was 
Mark McGrath, um, Dave Navarro on guitar, Scott from Weezer on bass, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but the drummer from Rage Against the Machine, and then rotating singer. So it was Mark McGrath, then uh, Juliette Lewis, who was incredible, and um, and now, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, Chester Bennington, uh, who Mark McGrath brought out uh, by saying, this man is the best rock singer of all time. And we were just like, well, who could it possibly be? And then they said Chester Bennington. And now I know I just wished him uh, rest in peace. But that was a wild answer. Like, I was like, (laughs) that's so crazy of all time. Yeah. Of all of the, I mean, across the entire genre, it was insane. And he did, he didn't do any Linkin Park songs. He did Stone Temple Pilots songs because he was in Stone Temple Pilots at the time. Yeah. Um, and then they didn't even stop there. It didn't. That was not the weirdest part. Of it. The weirdest part was because then the family of the, who started the charity uh, like came and uh, wanted to uh, present an award to uh, somebody who had um, done so much with the charity has gone to uh, like the cancer ward, the cancer ward at like children's hospitals in character and like spent time with people uh, like in some of his famous characters costumes. Uh, and then they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Depp. And they brought out Johnny Depp <laughs> to lukewarm response. Yeah. Because at this week, the week that this happened was the week that his abuse allegations had come no! out. So everybody was like, um, no, absolutely not. No also, way. Just hands down, that's just flat out not true. It has to be John Cena. It has to be John, John Cena. Cena has yes. done like has the world record for for the, doing the most make a wish. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So and that, so that means he has just by definition done more for cancer patients than yes Johnny Depp. Yeah. This seems like it was a probably ploy. within maybe within this charity or something, uh, yeah. but still, uh, I would rather have seen John Cena. Yeah. Uh, John Cena would have got that whole crowd. Wow. Everybody would have went fucking nuts, and, and then, then he would have went into Beverly Hills, <laughs> led by it. John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you can't see, see me. me. A, that's so good. That's great. Um, but uh, and then I guess all of this to say, then Weezer came out and <laughs> performed just a like a greatest hit set, and every song was a hit single, and it was just a perfect set because they just did all the songs you like. Oh, they didn't do great. they didn't even try to sort of stray from yeah. anything. It was just like a very it was a crowd pleasing set. Everybody walked away from that show being like, damn, they really hit all the bases. Oh, and like great. something from each album, too, which was at that time pretty cool. Uh, not a lot of deeper cuts going on uh, recently. Um, but hey, speaking of. Uh, did I even. Oh, we didn't segue into Pardon Me. Huh? We didn't do it. Because we went into Incubus and then the other stories. So, hey, I hope you pardon our interruption for a little pardon me. You know, just strolling down memory lane with my friend here. Uh, here's a here's just a little information from Brian Bell, the guitarist. Uh, it's a personal lyric, but it's extremely universal because you know it's hard to say I'm sorry in any sense. It's uh, hard to admit fault. And I just think it's a song for all for all guys that don't know how to express themselves, so that so so that they can at least sing that lyric to whoever they harm, their girlfriend or whatever. Um, I think 
that's a nice sentiment for 2005, but in uh, in 2019, we're learning to say sorry and not do anything bad anymore, right, boys? <laughs> I do love the chorus of this song, actually. That's just good. I think that's a good chorus. Um, and uh, apparently, I mean, Brian had so much to say about it, apparently, but he fought to keep this song on the album just because of the sincerity behind it. Oh, and, wow. and I think it has a, I think it's a sincere enough message for the album. When you're hearing, so you, you probably hadn't heard this song before listening to it. Uh, did you have any sort of uh, gut reactions like while you while you heard it? Now this one, I, I really this one was very pleasant. Yeah, and I was I was into it. I this it was like I don't know how to describe the way it made me feel. Yeah, but it, it was a nice like tune that I was like, man, I wish I was in high school again with a crush yeah it has a very uh not that like i certainly don't like uh get nostalgic for like being uh hurt in the same ways that you can be hurt as a teenager but i think that's sort of uh what listening to some weezer songs can do some like sometimes oh, yeah. where you're like oh i feel a very specific way when i hear this song and it is just taking me back to that moment oh yeah um i i like that song i think it's good i know i said the thing about uh it being a sort of older uh, sentiment, but I think it is, I think obviously we all should be apologizing all the time, yeah. uh, constantly apologizing. Um, but also sometimes an apology is not enough. Yeah. And you need to be okay with that. Yeah. And saying sorry is not going to be the the thing that fixes it. Yeah. You know, it's going to be the thing, the work, the work, the, work the I was work. about to say the action. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, we think so similarly. Yeah. Similarly, if we... I know, it's like we're best friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this song, this next song, is called "My Best Friend." So here's my prediction for this song. Okay, oops. This is gonna be the song that you play at your wedding. Oh my, me? Yeah. This seems just cheesy and dorky enough that you're like. I don't know if it's this one. <laughs> I th there's you have certain... a Weezer song, but it's not this. One. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. Uh, you know, I don't know. There is like a, I, there's um a a track from his solo uh, recordings albums that I think is a really good wedding song. Uh, but you know, probably come out to Ch uh, Chumbawamba's Tub Thumping or something. <laughs> oh, cool, because I came out to Braveheart's Uchiwali. You know, really. <laughs> uh, here's some here's some stuff about the the song. Oh, my computer's being weird. Okay. Uh, so this song was on a back burner before it made it onto the album, actually. Uh, and when the band was asked to submit the track uh, to the soundtrack to Shrek 2, uh, they offered up this song. So this song is on the Shrek 2 soundtrack. Uh, his logic is that the song was written about a big, funny, ogre-like friend of his. Uh, it was perfect for the film. Uh, but you know what? They asked for a song, so it's not on a soundtrack, Iffy. It did not make it onto the, Sh the Shrek uh, soundtrack. The producers asked for a song that was less uh, on the nose. Uh, so he rewrote the lyrics. So they went with I'm a Believer, the all-star. Yeah, Got yeah. It. <laughs> uh, so he wrote the, he wrote the lyrics 
uh, and reworked the song a bit and resubmitted it in the end. The song was just not used. They didn't use it. Uh, hey, you know what? Shrek 2, I think you're a really good movie. Maybe you'd be a great movie if you had Weezer on the track. This would have got you on the Oscar. Weezer did do a cover of I'm a Believer for, I think, Shrek 4. I actually like that cover. I, I totally remember that. It's pretty good. This guitar solo fucking rips. Are you kidding me? I think we could say most guitar solos on this track slap. That was I mean, crazy. So. I couldn't believe that. I Yeah, I think this song is good. Um, I know what, I mean, it's kind of easy for me to say that a lot of these songs are good. I like Weezer quite a bit, obviously. Um, but I don't want everyone to think that I love all of it no matter what. But I have said quite a bit so far that this song is good. Um, if the song is good, don't uh, don't hold back. It's good. Hey, if the song's good, the song's good. That's what I've always been saying. Um, yo, you want to know? Uh, <laughs> that I, I love that song. He also said, um, oh, no, that's just the same thing. Yeah, I love that song quite a bit. And that's, I mean, that's all I have to say about it. The next song, uh, track, this is track 10 on make-believe so usually if this is where the show would be over because there's usually only about 10 songs in this thing but there's two more after this um this next song is called the other way oh i'm reading my notes right now if and there's a sort of darker um a darker sort of origin to this song word uh the song was written by we, uh, by Rivers uh, about wanting to console his ex-girlfriend, Jennifer Chiba, after her current boyfriend, singer-songwriter Elliot Smith's death in 2003, while questioning his motives for wanting to do so. Uh, the song is notable for its layered harmonies and saxophone solo. So that's interesting to me, like he had an ex who experienced a tragedy right uh and then he's kind of checking in with himself wanting to check in with this person but he's asking himself why do i want to do that though what is there an intention behind me looking into that like obviously i want to um like make sure that somebody who i once cared about quite a bit is feeling okay but is there a deeper uh reason to why i'm wanting to do that yeah This is a solid track. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I like this song quite a bit. I saw them do it once, live, and it was at the Glass House in Pomona, uh, and this was for the uh, a tour in support of their album, Everything Will Be Alright in the End, where they played songs, um, they played, like, some songs before they played that current album in full, and they did... Like, they basically did a hits section first and then the new album in full, but the the hits were acoustic. Uh, and at first, people were like, people were sort of like, what is this show? Like, I was happy, but I start heard, sort of heard people around me being like, what is this? Why are they acoustic? And then when the new album started, they were they plugged in and were playing, like, f- like full uh, electric, which is super fun. And my take about why they did that was they were like, we want you to really like the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But incidentally, that album, I think, is 
uh, really good. Um, and so it was an easy thing to really like. Which album? Uh, this? Everything will be all right in the end. Ah. Um, and I mean, this song I really like. I think it's a good song. Uh, I I sort of I wish there was more, they did more songs like that because it is sort of um, I I love the sto- like the not the story behind it. Obviously, I, oh my gosh, no, that's not what I mean. Uh, but I I like the the sincere intent behind the song i think it is a very relatable thing just sort of like oh like why am i why am i texting this person why yeah. am i replying to this or something um because everyone everyone i feel like does that to somebody at one point or another um i love the lyric uh i i want to hold you but i'm afraid that's like a crazy that's a crazy uh like weird not not like weird lyric but it's sort of like a sad realization you know like to sort of think about thinking about the old days and being like oh those aren't the days anymore uh thinking like that might freak somebody out iffy (laughs) god damn it uh so this next song is called freak me out I think I've heard this song maybe the least of every Weezer song I've ever heard. Really? Maybe. Really? I don't know if I've... City streets at night. I just, this doesn't, this one doesn't work for me. Uh, Brian says that this song is about a spider. Uh, and that's all I know about it. But it's some of the coolest guitar stuff ever. Uh, and that I can say that Rivers came up with it, so I don't sound conceited. But I think that Rivers didn't want to uh, want the harmonics on it. Uh, this is from an interview that they did. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't love this song. Uh, it says, although uh, the lyrics have freaked me out, sound as if they're written about an incident where Rivers was startled. Brian was revealed the song is about a spider. Uh, the song is most identifiable by its unique harmonics throughout the song. Uh, it was the first appearance of a harmonica on a Weezer album since the Blue Album. Is the only make-believe track to never be played live. <laughs> so it seems like they feel the same way yeah, about the song I, as you. You know, and sometimes... I mean, they already said that Rivers didn't like the harmonics. Yeah, they're like, we're not... And he's straight up like, we're not going to do this. And I think that there is... I don't want to speak for the guys... But I think there is a very real thing where within the band, they try something, and if they really don't like it, they never go back to it. They just don't even try to make people get on board. Right now, I feel like that people are going to be in the comments. They are trying to make people get on board. Uh, Because, like, a lot of the stuff they're doing right now, they're really going for it. But, yeah, I don't love that. And I said like I like good, his voice quite a bit. I didn't like, like that. like a good Monica? Oh, no, this is a good Monica. Yeah, yeah. You know, you when you slapping on that Monica, slurping, getting that tongue in all the holes. and just, Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, get your, get your brain out the gutter. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I just, yeah, this song doesn't yeah. work for me, and I don't... I mean, no one's ever been able to hit the Monica on a track uh, ever since Clint Eastwood, okay? Clint Eastwood opened and shut the book on having a Monica slap on a track. You know, uh, he has a a Weezer podcast, too. Who? Who? 
Clint Eastwood. I was talking about the gorilla song, Clint Eastwood, uh, not the racist cowboy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I was thinking, see, I immediately thought of, see, yeah, that song does have a f- yeah. bang in harmonica. I mean, it is iconic. Like, yeah. you hear a Monica and you're like, by the way, I'm going to keep using, calling her Monica Monica's because I, and if, if, if you're listening, Monica, you got a Monica. Oh my gosh, you did Bill Cosby. I was doing Bill Clinton. Uh, Bill Clinton, my bad, wrong Bill. Wrong, dirty Bill. Yeah, wrong, bad Bill. Uh, no, and I was doing Ja Rule from Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Najee! It's Monica. Yeah. Um, I was sort of going to do a joke where Clint Eastwood has a, it's a Weezer podcast too, but it, his co-host is a chair. <laughs> What's the next song, Matt? <laughs> uh, well, the, much like that joke that I just made, which will haunt me every day, this is the final track on um, on Make Believe, track number 12, and it's called Haunt You Every Day. I love this song. I mean, this intro is already... Yeah, a piano intro. We haven't heard that from these guys at this point yet. Like ever or just in the I think I ever. Yeah, it's the first song that he claims to have written entirely on piano. Wow. The Black Album, he wrote entirely on piano, the whole thing. Oh, okay. Uh, so after, so this, some could say this song inspired the Black Album. Yes. Uh, and so according uh, to Rivers, this was an assignment given to him by Rick Rubin. Uh, and the assignment was to write a song like Billy Joel or Elton John. Really? Yeah. And I don't know if this is a song that they would make, but I like the the sort of experimentation of it. The idea of that is very interesting to me. Yeah. And that's, I think, this isn't a Rick Rubin podcast or anything, but that's, that's the mark of a good producer, sort of challenging yeah. his artist to do something that is not normally what they do. And I think the... The product yeah, that he produced is off. great. Yeah. This is a great song to me. Good job, Rick Rubin. Yeah, Rivers did say about the assignment, I didn't really accomplish that, but I did write a song on the piano, so <laughs> that's about as close as I could get. <laughs> that's hilarious. I like uh, one of the lyrics coming up here. It's a little cheesy, but I, I love it. It's uh, it's coming up right here. When will stupid learn? Fire's gonna burn. Think of consequence. Then you move when it's your turn. Oh, we got to get to the last guitar solo on this thing Ooh, too. Okay. Hey, this is so like Weezer. Obviously, is a guitar-heavy band. Um, uh, their last album, Maladroit, has a million guitar solos uh if he's picking up a guitar oh my god what is he doing he's plugging it in yeah yeah prepare sorry i I, i'm gonna just do this from memory oh my god he's doing it he's doing it he's doing it i can't i can't even believe it folks he's just ripping on this thing oh my god look at if he go he's just really shredding on this guitar right now folks i'm getting video of it to post later you can't just you cannot believe how good at guitar he is it's so insane wow i thought i thought these guys are good at guitar but if he if he's so good at guitar he's incredible wow 
With you know, honestly, if I can say, if he's out of breath, I can honestly say that that is the that is a first for this show. Oh. We have not had a live guitar solo in in the studio. Oh, I thought I'd do something special for my episode. Wow, that was really nice. Really stepped it up. Um, that's the last guitar solo on this album, and that I mean, that brings us to the final. That's the final track. Yeah. Um. So, Iffy, postmortem. You're hearing these songs earlier today you're hearing him now we sort of talked about how you were feeling like while you're listening but now that we, we let's fully get into it like as if we weren't fully getting into it right now um so what are your thoughts on this album would you would you return to this album yeah no definitely would i think this album for me really kind of puts to bed that idea that after pinkerton they don't have any good albums because I think it's a pretty solid album. I think Joe Budden had the figure of if you can listen to over the over half the album without skipping it, it's a solid album. Wow, that's a that's an, a very interesting point. Yeah, um, yeah. I think for me, this album. Uh, I've talked a little bit about my album rankings a little bit. Um, I don't remember offhand what they are because there are fourteen of them at this point, but. This album for me, I think, might rank a little low, um, but that's just because in now the grand scheme of it, there might be some things that I'd place higher. But I think this is a, a this is a safe mid tier album if I had to guess for me for uh, from from uh, from my boys. Um, obviously, the first two are high up. I'm throwing everything will be all right in the end and uh, white very high up as well. Um, but I mean, the rest of them, and you just might have to catch me on the, on the day. This is probably yeah. in like, I could safely say maybe like sixth place or something. Maybe, really? Out uh, of 14? Yeah. That's not no, so that's, bad. That's not bad. Yeah. And, and I could be incredibly wrong. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Oh, I think that's about people right. People will let you know. Yeah. I, 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 um, I feel that's, a, that's about right for me. Um, I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot, a lot of the songs, I don't know if necessarily I return to the album as a whole, but a lot of the songs I think on this album really work for me. And there used to be this thing that people would say about, um, about Maladroit, about Maladroit being their most underrated album. And the thing that I've said about that is if everyone is saying that an album is underrated, that means it's good. So we don't have to say that it's underrated anymore. <laughs> that means we can say that it cracks and that it's in the it's in the pantheon of good albums that yeah. we can say. So I think if I'm going to call any album underrated, I might say that Make Believe is actually Ooh. an incredibly underrated album. All right. So Make Believe is the new Maladroit. Make Believe is the new Maladroit. And that's the T. <laughs> hmm. Sip on that. So, yeah, sip on that. And you know Kermit already endorses it because he was in a music video with Weezer. So yeah, yeah. take that. He's sipping his tea right next to Rivers. Oh, boy. They're drinking it, aren't yeah. they? They're drinking a nice uh, like Japanese green tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right after a strong meditation. Oh, yeah. oh, oh imagine Kermit meditating. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. I'm fully actualized. <laughs> That was a really good Kermit. Hey, thanks. Kermit. <laughs> All right, where was what was that? What were you trying to do, Miss It's Piggy? me, Piggy. Yeah, no, that's not as good as your Kermit. All right, you go ahead and do your plugs. All right, okay. Guys, so that was the show. Iffy, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, this comes out 
just so you know, this comes out this Friday. So oh, anything, snap. yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you're listening this Friday, this Sunday, I will be at the Improv, uh, and uh, well, I'm gonna be doing uh, some some yummy yummy. Uh, improv at the improv for the voyage to the stars podcast wow. live uh that's going to be sunday at uh stores open at 6 30 i think it's going to be at seven uh go see it it's going to be me felicia day colton dunn janet farney steve ag scott berg it's going to be popping on popping poppers and then also if you're in that area and you're like i got plans sunday you got something like a little further in advance that i could plan for yeah on the 17th i'll be at the uh the Santa Monica West Side Comedy Theater doing my Jeffs for Laughs callback. Wow. New faces. They they wanted to see me again because they didn't pick me last year. And I'm bringing the heat. And I need you to be there because I need you to laugh because agents don't. Wow. Um, and then anything on social media you like to plug in? Yeah. How about your Twitch as well? Yeah, yeah. thank you for that. Ify Wadiwe on Twitter and Instagram. That's I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram. And if D's on Twitch. I-F-D. E-E-Z, twitch.tv slash FDs. We're playing games all the time. Uh, great. And then for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Apodaca. That's M-A-T-T-A-P-O-D-A-C-A. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram as well at W-W-T-H-T-A Weezer Pod. Uh, and if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email W-W-T-H-T-A Weezer Pod at gmail.com. And maybe we'll read it on the show. And also, hey, if you liked our our fun uh, dynamic, check out our podcast, Candy Dinner. Yeah, yeah. Releases every, every Monday. Monday. Yeah. Uh, Ify, thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time, everybody. Goodbye. If you'd like to support the show, you can go on iTunes and give us five stars and leave us a nice little review. We'd really appreciate that. If you'd like to support the show monetarily, you can go to anchor.fm slash WWTHTA Weezer Pod slash support. There's monthly contribution options if you'd like to help keep the lights on for the show. And all your support means a lot. Thank you so much.